This is a podcast from Minute Media. I still believe through the cold and through the heat, through the rain and through the tears, through the crowds and through the cheers. Oh, I still believe. All right, just recording yet? Yeah. Hey, oh, we are back after. Woo! Oh, we're back, baby. After punting numerous episodes, I'm ready to pod. Hey, welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. You got Kevin and Raleigh. Yeah. Uh, we're back after a few weeks off, mental health break. But really, what happened? I had a kid. My wife had a kid, <laughs> and it's my kid. <laughs> We are officially on pod eternity leave. Yep, that's a strong line. I know that everyone's pretty much already congratulated you um, on the Instagram, and then obviously, well, you're not family and friends. <laughs> uh, but hey, talk to me. So yeah, it's insane. Um, you're a dad, and you, of course, of course, you got a daughter. Like I'm going to get a daughter too. It's just how it's going to work. First, I know it's. Uh, we named her Quinn. Wait, um, can we start the rumor that? And I want to interrupt you, you again. That, the quarterback. You na- yeah, you named after your favorite Browns quarterback of all time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, guys. That's a joke. I had this idea of like making a post, like, I don't know, a meme or something saying like, welcome to the world, Baker, Stefanski, whatever. And then being like, my sweet daughter. And then being like, nah, just kidding. Her name's Quinn. Um, it was funny in my head. Ah, I, just, I like that. No, yeah. I see what you're doing. It took me a minute, but I'm here. And, uh, I'm like, yeah, it could have been a good delivery, but I just never. Plus, it's all of, she has all of these like Browns onesies and whatnot, but they're all too big for her currently. Yeah. Like right now, I had no idea. There's so many things you just had no clue that goes into parenting. I mean, obviously, there's a ton of things you don't know about parenting and you're just trying to figure it out. I had no idea that it's clothing wise you're like oh uh, is it a newborn like oh she's actually four months i'm like oh i would have called that a newborn but there's like zero to three months six months to 12 months and i'm like okay they grow quickly she's already bigger than she was seven pounds four ounces was the starting weight i don't know what she's at now but yeah i have no idea what i'm doing i'm just trying to (laughs) stay sane like from a sleep she's been good actually if somebody asks you how she's sleeping i have no idea how to answer that like unless you're talking to somebody else that has a newborn kid for anybody that's wondering oh how's she sleeping raleigh well here's my answer she's sleeping well but it still sucks when you have to wake up <laughs> at 3 30 a.m and then later 6 7 a.m after having your quote-unquote final feed at what 11 11 p.m but it's better than a lot of sleeping scenarios people are going through so good from a having a kid perspective great sleep patterns terrible from a perspective of what life was like before as it applies to sleeping that being said it's the greatest thing ever do you get enough onesies i'm saying this in general like when newborns come do you think you get like parents get enough onesies as gifts 
where they don't even have to go buy a ton themselves? That is still being evaluated. I thought early on that, like, yeah, I feel like she's good. Kate, on the other hand, my wife was like, uh, no, we need more specific ranges of clothing. Actually, I think we're good on newborn. Like, again, all of these different subs. It's like, as you're trying to figure it out, it's like she's already past the zero to three months. I mean, granted, she's at three weeks right now. Um, but as far as outfit or like gift you get the most of, I think onesies are the safest and they're all cute. And you go through them fairly quickly because she's always spitting up or whatever. And, you know, just boom. Uh well, I had one more question about this. I was going to ask you. I'm um, sweet at changing diapers, apparently. That, there we go. I was going to say, how many times a day is that happening? Uh, around 10, which apparently is average, which a lot of time it's, now we're about to talk about poo. I um, was pretty so, nervous. We all about, do it. Yeah, right. It's pretty, I think, user-friendly as far as how it evolves. Because when, when they first start, like the first diaper I changed, like day one, it was almost like, I don't know, plastic. Not. It was like if a toy company made a pretend baby poop simulator okay. that was like... Like rabbit. Like, yeah, it'd be like rabbit. I'm like, ah, oh, this is not bad. And then it slowly gets more disgusting, but you're building your skill with it. And I'm like, I don't even care about it. Grant, I think it what separates the boys from the men, I don't know if we're still allowed to say that, the children from the adults probably a bad analogy boys to men great band great band oh jesus um i think once they start eating real food that's when it's going to really suck but hopefully i'll be you know one of the greatest diaper changers of all time at that point you know you're this when my goddaughter was born uh she'll be two in a few weeks your niece right Yeah, yeah yeah my niece it was the first one in the family um I, I was just jealous. And I, I, you know, I told her, of course you understood that in her first year, she got Browns playoff win. <laughs> she got like, just off to a great start. Oh yeah. And I don't, you know, I was jealous of her, but I'm not, am I more jealous of Quinn now, your little daughter, because she's never even had to sit through a Browns game yet. <laughs> I know it's, she's undefeated against the Steelers, dude. That's also very true. Yes. Um, oh, speaking of Godfather. So, Muccio, who we've had on the pod, I'm speaking to the audience, obviously, you know, the guy who does songs that we haven't played in forever. He's been on a couple of times. They're always the outro, usually. Yeah. He he said he would get Phil Dawson on the podcast, which we did get him on. And I said, unprompted, if you get Phil Dawson on this podcast, my first child, you will be their godfather. He was like, hell yeah, which is a big deal for him because he's Italian and a big fan of the uh, Godfather franchise, mm. as we all are, which you just saw for the first time. Sure did. We pressured you to do it. So that's another thing. Muccio will be the Godfather. It's pretty, all parties are excited about it. For those of you who I didn't, cared about I kind of forgot. Status. That's been two years. I forgot that because he got Phil Dawson on the podcast that he, you told okay. me to be the Godfather of your first child. <laughs> Godfather status confirmed. Hey, so I want to thank you and Kate um, because I think this is the only scenario I could come up with or think of in history where I sort of got to kind of be on paternity leave, kind of, 
I guess without having a kid or without being related to any of you, like, because you're the co-host and you're on, you were on paternity leave, paternity leave. Yeah. I got to ride the coattails of that. So I was on indirect paternity. Yeah. It was co-paternity leave. Yeah. Uh, And and that's never happened before. Right. A, A single, I'm single. I didn't sire a child and father a child. I don't have a child. Also, by the way, but I'm on paternity leave. I me and Kate wanted to say this to you. Uh, your gifts that you gave us slash Quinn, those are like amongst the most thoughtful. And I was very impressed. I'm like, how the hell would Kevin know to get anyone these things? You got us books, uh, baby. We're saying, you know, that's fine. You got us, uh, you got us a onesie, right? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> We've been getting a lot of onesies. Oh, of course. And the bottle warmer, that bottle warmer has been huge. 3 a.m., you just throw that thing in, hold her, try to calm her down. Boom, you take it out. Three and a half minutes later, that milk is room-ass temperature. And you know why I was? I told you guys, whatever you don't, whatever you already have, just save because you know someone that will have a baby in the next month, just how what age we're at, what's happening. But then I thought, like, I'm lazy and have a phone charger in, like, every room of my apartment. Put a bottle warmer in every room of your, of your place, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, why not? Exactly. Convenience. No, you're, you're you can't exactly leave her right. unattended. You can't leave her unattended. It's you're exactly right. And that's, it's like, uh, the easiest, you just press a button and it starts warming the water that surrounds the bottle. And, uh, boom, these are all the things you have to look forward to in parenthood kids. I'm big on books like those, the baby, I don't want to say baby books, but you know, uh, where the wild things are. If you give a moose a muffin, a mouse a cookie, like all those books, I bought like the whole, all my favorite baby book, childhood books I bought for my niece when she was born. So I figured, hey, Quinn needs to start a bookshelf. So that's how you got to start it with a couple of those little books. Yeah, no, exactly. And you, and when you remember like growing up, you remember the books that were your favorite. Yeah. What's that Caterpillar one? Um, I know exactly which one you're talking about. When it, the Caterpillar feels bad towards like the yeah. third of it and then it eats a leaf and it feels better and then it blooms into a beautiful butterfly we should write a children's book <laughs> i was thinking that. about being like a young browns fan i know but it's like you're not trying to scarm for life true um so yeah parenting it was like right after the super bowl kate so she was born february 15th kate was like i don't want to have this kid on the super bowl and i don't want to have her on valentine's day which is february 14th uh what February 14th is Valentine's Day. Oh, you're right. Keep going. <laughs> and it was like 12.30 p.m. after Valentine's It's like she willed herself not to have the kid on Valentine's Day, which I thought was funny. So I, you posted a picture of on the Instagram account of Kate eating ice cream the night before she was born. And I don't want to say anything. I don't want to jinx anything. Of course you don't wait. No, I, I, just te- I texted that to you. Are you sure? Oh yeah. That she, she would cut my balls off if I put oh, that. Okay. Well, am I allowed to talk about it or no? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, no, you just texted me a picture of her eating ice cream. And I was thinking because I've heard of people and friends who hot wings is what did it. Um, some other people, they take a walk around the block a few times and it did it. And I was like, I wonder if that ice cream is going to be the thing that does it. And then Quinn was born the next day. 
Yeah, it's, I see what you're saying, but ice cream was a big part of this pregnancy. So that was just like the, one time <laughs> I took the picture. Um, we were, we decided to stay like, to not go to a friend's house for the Super Bowl, which, oh, same. That was, that was same. amazing. Yep. Um, I'm like, dude, I could do this every time, just not eating 15 pounds worth of cheese dip and hating myself for like two weeks afterwards. So that wasn't it. We just got, you know, a deep dish pizza, which was, it's not like we weren't. Where'd you get it from? Lou Mountnati's. Okay. If you're, if you're in Chicago, Lou Mountnati's deep dish is fire. Um, shout I'm out team, free ad team Pequod's free ad. I'm on. I, I love them all. I, I used to like, I think I might be out on Pequod's. Like I get the crust, but I think loose crust is better. The trick is you got to get it not fully cooked, order it half baked and then finish it off at your house in the oven. Ooh, it's oh, a pro move. I'll give that a whirl. Uh, should we talk about relevant Browns things? Oh yeah. So we've been talking since the Super Bowl. I mean, we had when you were on when your wife was giving birth, I did the interview with uh Pam. Yeah, Pam Logan. Yep. So not not Pam Logan. Are they divorced? Uh yes. Or Logan Paul. Pam Paul? No, 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 no. The uh, different last name. Oh. Sorry, um, I didn't listen to it. <laughs> um, no, it's cool. You were doing other things. Um but so we haven't talked. We won't even talk about the uh, Super Bowl or no? In the, capacity of, in the capacity of thank God it's over. I, yeah. I felt like once it was done, I was like, finally, I felt like the healing could begin. I've been in a dark place since pretty much that Raiders loss. And it just, the downhill spiral continued. It's like they kept raising the bar of crushing me inside, which we've, talked about it all so let's talk about yeah the super bowl's done obell whatever gets his thing at least i i had a bet i mean you knew he was scoring a touchdown in this game there's yep. no way it wasn't going to happen for this story yep um and it's like whatever good for him i guess and, and i do think it was the lesser of the two evils just because dude there would have been no living with cincinnati friends which i go back and forth because i like it would have been it would have been hell. It would have been it's absolutely like, miserable. There's no there's no sugarcoating. It would have been absolutely miserable. I want to. I think this is a fair statement. I am happy that the Bengals did not win, but I legitimately don't take any joy in the misery of my Bengals fans, Bengals friends, fans, Bengal fans that are friends, whatever you want to call them. Like they're good people. It's nothing personal. Yeah, they wanted to win. Like, I get it, but there's, like, a lot of people. Like, shout out Mo Egger. I feel bad that for him, I would have been super happy for him. But, can, but shout out Mo Egger, too, because he got to do everyone's dream, a lot of people's dream. He got to go, one, Super Bowl to see his team, team his entire life. And, two, he got to sit there and actually do a show at the Super Bowl. Like, he was hosting from the Super Bowl. That's just a two for two incredible setup for him. So props to Mo. We got to ask him. And I haven't asked any of my Cincinnati Bengals friends. Like, dude, going to the Super Bowl, that's amazing. Like you could tell that they were just the happiest people in the world going to the Super Bowl. But when you lose in a gut wrenching fashion, does that just make it's like, oh, I wish we would have just not made the playoffs. I mean, obviously not that extent, but 
I'm always, if you don't win the championship, I would rather not make the playoffs. That's, that's me. Yeah. It's just had to have been such a kick in the balls. Odell with the ACL. That was, it's tough to see. I mean, as a human being and someone who obviously we all followed him very closely when he was still Brown, but that recovery and the stuff he was posting every day and working out and just trying to rehab that knee. So you got to feel bad that it happened to him like that. Um, You know, hope the best for him. (laughs) I didn't post this because I'm not one for bad juju, bad karma, but every time Odell gets removed from a team, that team ends up winning something. When he went down in 2020, against the Bengals. True. Beat the, or, no, that was it. Every time Odell goes down, the Bengals lose. Oh, that's a, wow. That's a spin zone. Every time. Wow. Every time. No, that is. Every time the, oh, here it is. Final thought. Final thought. Every time Odell gets unser- unceremoniously removed from a team, the Bengals lose. To That's that very team. true. He went down against the Bengals in 2020. Baker then goes like 24 of 25 passes or something insane. It was a perfect second half. Perfect second half. Mm-hmm. The Odell goes through his social media thing, gets removed from the Browns, and the Browns absolutely dominated the Bengals. Then <laughs> Odell goes down with an ACL in the Super Bowl, and the Bengals lose. One thing I like that spin zone. That's incredible. I never would have put that together, but that's why your brain is just so much different. And that's why it works. Uh, I was very, very like borderline about to mute this broadcasters that were trying to paint Odell as some victim. Like he was thrown out of Cleveland, who was a Collinsworth and Al Michaels. We're talking like, he just had it so bad and clear. I, I could not get over the narrative. Shame on that for, for painting a narrative like that when it's pretty much universally known and accepted what actually went down and what really happened, you know, with the, his dad and the Instagram and all that nonsense. So to sit there and the entire game talk about how bad he had it and how he's getting redemption and back from the dead and all this. I mean, get out of my face. He shit bagged his way off of a team. And it's like, sweet. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. And I was wondering, do you think they knew the announcers or do you think they, do you think it was like, I don't know, careless, not paying attention enough and it made sense in their minds? I think they liked that narrative better. So they tuned out in the week's preparation you do leading up to this game as an announcer. I think they tuned out anything to the contrary. So anything that was actually true. They wanted to run with the other narrative because it makes for a better narrative, especially in the Super Bowl. You know, you you paint this guy as the comeback kid and the comeback player and got tossed off two teams and here he's just t- scoring a touchdown on the Super Bowl, that kind of shit. Um, so it's all theatrics is my answer. Yeah, no, that's that's a when you put it that way, it makes me less irritated. And yeah, like um, we're still irritated. Yeah, the only people that were irritated were Browns fans that paid attention. Very true. And even the Browns media were like, this is garbage. Um, so, yeah, that irritated me. I really was just watching that Super Bowl. I was very uncomfortable the entire time. <laughs> just not wanting both teams to lose. So, yes, but I had no confidence in the Rams going into that game. I told my Cincy friends, my non-Cincy friends, I was like, I have 
all the confidence in the world in the Bengals because I just think the swag and the momentum they're on is is really going to pay off. But but I had I already had my bets placed. Gambling is legal in Illinois. Sorry, Cleveland. Once the Rams jogged out of that tunnel to that Nipsey Hustle song, and I texted you guys our, our group chat as soon as it happened. And the look on Aaron Donald's face when they zoomed in his helmet, he was just jogging, just all business on his face. No one's no one on the team is dancing and not not saying the Bengals were, but they literally came out like soldiers, two by two and whatever, with that Nipsey song going. And I grabbed my phone and put a little uh, put a little number on the, the old Ram. <laughs> I knew right there. I said, like, I don't know how they can lose now, the way they just came out of this field. He had the eye of the tight. Well, literally. No, no, no. I, I agree with you. But then again, if you watched the same, did you ever see the clip of uh, Aaron Donald, the last Super Bowl he was in against the Patriots? Like bef- it was him like talking to himself, like this is what you work for. This yep. is what you play. Yep. And then he like high fives his teammates or whatever. And then he like talks to himself, getting jacked up. You watch that and you're like, how could this man ever lose a game ever again? And so I don't know. Not to throw off the no, no, but that's he 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 talks shit like Kevin Garnett talks shit in the NBA. They can't guard you. You the ticket. They can't guard you. They can't touch you. Like he's talking to himself, but he's talking shit to the rest of the court. That was just always great. He's um, got a goat. Where is he going to fall in history as far as D line men go? Aaron Donald. Yeah. Uh, it just. A lot of people want to call him the goat right now, but then people get real. It's when you try to put him above LT. Yeah. I mean, dude. So it's kind of an old generation, new generation. I'm not going to say it's an MJ LeBron because no. Yeah. But it's, I've been watching the two generations debating, like how dare you even put anyone's name in LT or with LT. But if not, you know, one a or whatever he ends up as he can't get any lower than, you know, the second best of all time. Yeah. His, like, I, I think it was, I think it was just that they gave Cooper cup the uh, super bowl MVP, but also I'm like, I would not have been surprised if they gave, to, if he would have had one or two more sacks, I think he would have got it. But dude, that play, it was like one of the final plays in the game where he pulled the running back. He won the game. He won. The, I'm like, that was one yeah. of the greatest. Did you see the mic up? Did you see your fellow Red Hawk or whatever the hell you are at Miami? McVay, <laughs> McVay mic'd up when he said, he's like, Donald, Aaron's going to win the game on this play right here. Boom. Game over. Next play. It was unreal. That, I mean, he is. Something. He closed out. He closed out. He is I mean, just a monster. Were people talking about him retiring or is yeah. him retiring? Because he, he was talking about that, I think, to someone. Because someone's like, oh, it's sources from his camp, whatever. Obviously, I don't even know. If, has he announced he's coming back for sure? I think so. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. But, no, I mean, you look at it. He's been in the league, what, eight, nine, ten years, somewhere in there? It, it's like not as. He's like, I've already accomplished everything. Like, I have Super Bowl now. I have, you know, Defensive Player of the Year. I have all this shit. Like, I think that's that's the narrative that people were trying to make it out as I feel like that's probably the smartest thing to do. Like just from like your own personal historical health legacy, whatever it's like, dude, I still have every, unless you win the state championship in high school sports, anything you go out on a loss, same thing at the college level and 
same thing with pros you don't make the playoffs. So I'm like, well, if your last game of your career was you winning the Super Bowl and the the play leading up to that would be you somehow grabbing a linebacker or a running back with your bicep and just stuffing him from behind like <laughs> offensive lineman yeah. i was watching an interview <laughs> uh i was just that's what she said um it's like well that would be the greatest memory of all time and nobody could take that away no matter what and yeah maybe just not play anymore because you're probably not gonna unless they win the super bowl again so that would suck i forget who the interview was with but it was an offensive lineman from another team not the browns or uh the rams and he was talking about like you can double team him, triple team him, whatever he's doing, he gets past anything. There is nothing you can do to stop that man. He's like, you could look at him from a distance away and be like, who's that overweight gentleman? But then it's like, oh, actually, he's just oh. the most muscular beast of all time and his muscles have muscles. it's something absurd i remember they were talking about a super bowl he's like 300 pounds but like two percent body fat <laughs> it's like it's like <laughs> how does that happen um should we jump into some brown stuff yeah uh let's start with mr jack conklin conklin who's coming back from an injury rehabbing supposed to be good for the start of camp per news all over twitter <laughs> uh we restructured his contract we converted the $12 million in the last year of his contract to a fully guaranteed $8 million and the other $4 million in playtime incentives. What does this do for him? Uh, gives him some financial stability, that guaranteed money coming off an injury, and it shows that we still think he is an all-pro because he is an all-pro. And it frees up $4 million in cap space for Andrew Barry and the crew to go find something else. I think it's a great move. People were hoping some kind of restructure like this would happen. Um, any thoughts? No, I, I, I just read it and I'm like, oh, sick. <laughs> so thank you for summarizing it and thank you for explaining it as to what it happened, what actually happens for those of us who have no idea how salary cap works. Yep. You can never have too much depth at O-line or D-line and he is an all-pro and they're retaining him. Good yep. job, Mr. Barry. And Great job, Kevin. So we got to go down and then we'll go back up again. Okay. People in the know people on Twitter have seen this. All of the reports all week is that it's expected that Jarvis Landry and Jadavian Clowney will not be returning once the new league season opens. Was it next week or whatever? Um, so pros and cons here cons because well, Clowney is just an absolute freak. Jarvis obviously is one of the ones that started this culture turnaround. He's one of the leaders in the locker room, a captain, but why I'm going to say there's a pro here too is because this is what we call cap casualties, folks. We've never had to deal with this or even think about this in the past. We're a good team. We have a good roster. It's we're going to be cutting good players all the time, especially with some of these contracts. You know, Clowney had a great year. We were saying whatever episode I think I said we were praying for like 12 games of him last season just to stay healthy. Yeah. He played in all but one game, and that was for I think COVID. Um, so that's Thems the breaks. It sucks, but it's contracts. It's cap. It is what it is. And I, damn, now I'm like thinking about the draft in my mind. Uh, I feel like whoever's going to play opposite of Garrett is going to be in a good spot. Hopefully they can find a guy, sign a guy, draft a guy, whatever. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, he played well for him. I'm going to miss juice though. 
I think he, like you Big said, time. was the biggest part of that cultural turnaround. He's in for and, some, he, you could tell he's, he's ready for a change. Um, I think he wants a new scenery. I think he wants to see something new and I don't blame him. Um, we'll always be grateful for him. And his Jersey is now on, on the short list of forever yeah. respected and allowed jerseys, you know, in the muni lot in the stadium. Like that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wish they could find a way to keep him around restructure or something. Well, and what they were talking about and what people were saying that were in and around the combine is that they wouldn't, and they would tell him, we don't want to insult you with what we would offer you to come back and restructure your contract with us. So I think it was just a, just kind of a respectful mutual, Hey, we're going to probably part ways here. So obviously nothing official yet, but that's where everyone says it is most likely heading. That's the other thing is that people don't really talk about. And I'm like internally having all of these conversations in my mind. Sorry for the pause. He was hurt this year and he didn't really know about it. Like the narrative wasn't really there. And it's like, damn, I hate that people just didn't know that they could write him off. It's like, Oh, he's lost. It's like, well, for the first time in his NFL career, he was playing through significant injury didn't say shit about it and until like after the fact and it's like that's so the guy you want you know not drawing attention to him and it's like if somebody were to complain about their injury like mid season or whatever on social media it's like they're allowed to that's their right and it's not the kind of guy he did that would do it until afterwards he kind of pointed it out and i don't know it's going to be sad watching him go knock on wood. Hopefully he stays. Yeah. Hope the best for him. And we love Jarvis. Like we've said a thousand times, we just don't love that $16 million or whatever it is that we'd owe him next year. That's yeah. a big cap hit and numbers just don't back it up. It sucks. I know he's hurt, but it, it is what it is. Um, so I said, we go down before going back up. We placed a franchise tag on David Njoku this week. He'll be making roughly $11 million. Franchise tag, let's keep this real short and sweet. When you put a franchise tag on someone, every team has one. Uh, it allows them to have a year of guaranteed money. They can't sign anywhere else. They can, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes with it. Um, how they determine the salary is the top five highest paid at their position for the last five years. The average of that is how they get to that 10 or $11 million she's going to be making. So we franchise tag Njoku. So, cause the, the league opens up in a week for business unofficial business happening already right now. His contract was up. This gives him guaranteed money and kind of a placeholder, if you will, to get a long-term deal done, which the Browns and his team are working on uh, by that July 15th cutoff. So regardless, the joke is here next year, guaranteed money. They're working on a long-term deal. That's what the franchise tag is. So does that imply though, that, that he wanted money that was like, was he looking for stupid money? Like, in, no, like no, I don't think, I don't think so. Is He's waiting for some of those dominoes to fall. They want to see what other tight, like the tight end market's going to be. Oh, so he, you're saying he's guaranteed with the average of the top five position. Uh, that, that money is guaranteed. That's already set in stone. Whoever, that's guaranteed. Yeah. But he, let's say he wanted something. Okay. So it's a one year thing. It's like, here, enjoy this one year of good money until we figure something out. 
Yep. It's like a placeholder. Okay. All right. You know, they just did Devontae Adams just got, got the tag up in Green Bay. Um, trivia time. Uh-oh. What is the, the Brown, including this week, the Browns have only used the franchise tag two times, two times in our franchise history, two times we used the franchise tag. When was the last time we used it? This is the second time. Yep. All right. You're going to have to pause it while I think. So when was the first one? Uh, give, give me a hint. Was it before the Exodus? Uh, it, oh yes. Yes. It was, it was the early aughts of the 2010s. Oh, oh or, or it was early two, 2010. Yeah. Oh, uh, so I mean, the only real options are Joe Thomas or Joe Hayden. You're close. You're on the right track. It's wait Phil minute, Dawson. God damn it. That was my other. <laughs> oh. Phil Dawson was the first time we ever used the franchise tag in 2011 for 3.25 million. That's the most Browns thing in the world. <laughs> the, the franchise tag because we can't get a deal done with our own kicker, the highest leading scorer maybe ever, Phil Dawson. <laughs> but that's that's about as Browns as it gets. So, God, Conklin, I hate stats. Oh, it's yeah, we all do. Um, so now we got to look forward to the draft. We'll have to bring on. It'll be our oh man, it'll be our fourth annual Canard episode. Or that's for God. yeah, the draft episode. Yeah, we have the thirteenth pick. It is one of the most hotly contested picks in terms of what we should do in recent memory in Cleveland. Uh, I literally changed by the hour. If I want wide receiver or edge, this draft is so strong with both of them. I'm really heavily leaning on wide receiver. If it's there, if Wilson's there, um, what are your thoughts? Do you have any? Yes. My thoughts are, let's talk about it next week so that we can continue having content. Um, Good call. season. Great call. Uh, that'll be the teaser because I, I do have a, and my mind's probably going to change again. I have a pretty good, I think, strategy that makes sense or what I would do if I was Andrew Barry outside of like any crazy trades or whatever. But it's going to be a fun couple of weeks. <sighs> yeah. Uh, well, you got to go back to taking care of your, your daughter, your child, your father oh, yeah. now. Yeah. She, <laughs> I see her in the other. It looks like she's breathing. Jesus. Sorry. Got that. Uh, no, that, no, she's good. Kate's got her. Thank you for listening to Dogs of War podcast. Like, subscribe. You know the drill. For Raleigh, for myself, good night, Cleveland. It was 1950 in the cold and rain when my father took me to my very first game. Said the Browns are going to show you how the game is played. Here we go again. So get-